0: Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. The number one thing that you can do to find success in life, live a fulfilling life, find that freedom, successful businesses, investing, et cetera, is marry the right person. Yep, I said it. Um, I'm not the only one saying it, by the way. Naval Ravikant, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite people. He said it. He said, "The most important decision you'll ever make." and this guy's made like hundreds of millions of dollars. He's a venture capitalist, and just one of the most brilliant minds I know, he wrote a book called "The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. and in there he said, "The number one most important decision you'll ever make in your life is the person that you're going to marry. In today's episode, Karen and I are going to get into, you know, some of the areas goal-setting, connection. Um, all I'm not going to touch too much on it, but we'll just let you listen to the show. but at the end of the day that decision is so important, but I get asked so many times, Mike. You know, how do I know? I've literally had this conversation with so many young people over the years. How do you know if it's the one? And you know, one of my things is even even with my kids, uh, even with my kids, it's like, do you have fun together? Um, can you see yourself with this person for the rest of your life? Because really, ups and downs. You're going to have financial trials. You're going to have, you know, times where things are going great, and you're going to have times where things are challenging, but. Can you see yourself working through the highs and the lows with this person? You're not always going to want to show up. You're not always going to be happy. You're not always going to be you know, in love the way that you were when you first started or at least infatuated, um, but you got to see yourself pushing through it. And again, Karen and I talk about some practical tools and just some ideas that um, you know we've experienced over the years in this episode. So hopefully you enjoy it. As a side note, we discussed this later in the episode too, but... We are going to be opening up the Next Level Couple virtual community. We soft launched it a month or so ago, and it's just going amazing. I'm not sure when we're going to open it up again, but if you want to get on that wait list, text the word couples to 480-531-7519, or you can go to nextlevelcouple.com and just fill out the wait list. This is different than the one-year mastermind. Um, this is a lower ticket. Price. Um, It's a couples community virtual. We still have speakers come in. Karen, I still go in there a lot. We're active on a platform that's off of Instagram, Facebook. So it's in a private community called Mighty Networks. It's an amazing place for any couple that wants to grow their relationship. You don't have to be a business owner. You don't have to be an accredited investor, any of that kind of stuff that we normally talk about. You just have to be a couple that wants to grow together. You know, you're interested in whether it's a W2 job, a business, whatever, you're interested in financial freedom and just learning how to live a bigger, better life as a couple. So anyway, that's the most important decision you're ever going to make. So once you make that decision to spend your life with someone, you better double down on it. Let's get into the episode. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom
1: podcast.
0: Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world
1: and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your
0: roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala.
1: We've been discussing something um, that we think is really important in marriage, and that is, are you supporting your spouse and their goals? and what they have in their life.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to get into this today too, because I think, you know, I'm, I'm coming off of a couple of days of planning around something that we have that we're gonna be rolling out for couples that's gonna be amazing. And one of the things that I've been thinking about along the lines of this, like supporting your spouse, is like, what are we actually committed to? Because we spend so much time talking about, you know, dreams and visions. And like, sometimes I think it's really easy to get to a point where you don't know if this was a thought or if this was just an idea, or if this is like an actual goal of mine.
1: Yeah. Well, and even just with that, like how many times are we just only setting goals at the beginning of the year, right? Everybody's thinking of their goals, you know, December 31st, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, the new year's starting, let's hurry and scramble. And and I'm guilty of this too, but I think revisiting them and then not rushing, because I think sometimes you can be in a rush if you're not continually visiting what those goals are. And just putting something out there because it's a deadline and you want to make sure you have your goals set for the year with that in mind of hey is this actually something i want to do am i committed to making this happen because it's easy to dream big goals it's easy to dream about big things but then what are the actions i'm going to have to take to actually achieve this goal
0: yeah and i'm thinking back to matt king and the talk that he gave at the couples event last year at our house and just talking about you know, setting those goals and revisiting them. I think he had a goal of reviewing his goals like 150 times a year or something. So basically every two weeks. And to your point, like a lot of times we set goals at the beginning of the year, you know, and even as individuals, and and he was talking specifically as an individual, but even as individuals reviewing those goals and being consistent is really important. But how often do we come together as a couple and, and like review that? It's not really that often.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I th- I think sometimes, you know, it does work out. <laughs> like there's been so many times where we've set goals and then a couple of years later we find that old goal and we're like, Whoa, this actually happened. So there is that piece of just putting out there, but I think you can go further and faster when you really put your head down and realize what are the action steps. And then the support you can give your spouse and your partner is huge because most of the time in couples that I meet, most couples don't even know what those passions are or what those goals are. They might know little small tidbits of it, but do they know what's driving you, you know, in your heart?
0: Yeah. And I think really it's just being intentional around that. Cause like, again, back to Matt King and he learned this from David Osborne. And every time I've ever heard David Osborne talk, he brings it back to the same thing. He's been setting goals for 15, 20, 25 years, but he revisits them constantly. They're written in the front of his journal um, and I was even thinking about this. The human psychology is so interesting. But I think often about, like, I don't want to fill up a journal and then have to move, like, my vision board and have to move my goal sheet. And and so, like, there, I have some resistance around that. And the reality is, like, even if you had to do that three times a year or two times a year, it's much better to do it and have to move it than to not do it at all. But the human psychology is so weird. And, again, thinking back to whether it's Matt or David – When we think about this from an individual perspective, I think it's so powerful. And I love what you said about, you know, it tends to work out. So you should do it no matter what, but the more clear we can get on it and create some form of cadence or conversation. And I just don't think that like having date night is enough to have a structure around it.
1: No, because it's more like that. um, Like you said, structure, it's a structured thing. It's a structured conversation where date night is usually pretty you know, flowy and you're just kind of, it's more of like a feminine thing to go on a date. Like you're just, you're going out to have fun. It's more exploratory. Whereas you need those times where you're checking in, it's like reviewing your budget. And we're completely guilty of of all of these actually, like even visiting my own personal goals, as you're saying that, I think I've visited mine for this year, maybe twice. And I know there are some major areas that I'm, I'm slacking on. And it doesn't mean that I, I think that human tendency is to be hard on ourselves and not want to even visit it because we're not matching up to what we had said, but it's not about that. It's about, Hey, is this actually a goal I want to do? Was I overzealous? Is this actually a desire that I have or do I need to adjust? And I love that you always talk about adjusting, um, but I think there's so much pressure and I think that's why we avoid like, seeing it and revisiting it again is because there's a little bit of that human guilt or shame around maybe not being where we thought we would be by now.
0: Yeah. And I think there's such a balance too between, I'm just thinking about go abundance and the pods and there's like this hardcore sometimes like you said you were going to do X, Y, Z and I think, well, I think that's good. But we also need to have a grace for others. Number one, not an excuse, right, or not an out, but a grace when we change our mind. I was, um, we have our pods in Wellspring, and I was on my pod call um, two or three weeks ago, and Pete Vargas was just kind of checking in, and he said, "You know, I'm really curious how we're all doing on our goals that we set in January." And I said, without even looking at him. I said, I think half my goals that I set in January are probably thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. Not from a standpoint of like, I don't want you guys to hold me accountable, but literally I was overzealous, as you said a few minutes ago. And some of the things that I thought I was wanting have totally changed. And we're sitting here right now and it's like, what, May 2nd? So I'm not even halfway through the year. And some of the things that I was thinking about in January are completely different than what I was then. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have accountability in our own lives or with our spouses or pods or accountability groups or whatever, but there should be some grace around it as you were saying, because maybe the reason why we don't look at it is because we're scared. Mm -hmm. We have a fear around it. We just confront it. And literally it's as easy as putting a line through it. Not because I missed it, but because I've changed.
1: Yeah. And I think honestly, as you're saying that, I think the more you revisit it, the better you're going to get at setting realistic goals and the better you're going to get at knowing what is a yes and what is just a no, you know, because when you're first starting out in something or you're first chasing things, you're saying yes to everything. But the more successful you become and the more um, focused you become, you start saying no to more things. So I think actually it gets in my mind, it would probably get easier the more you revisit it Mm -hmm. because you know who you are, you know, how you show up. And so you're not just going to commit to just random things because you know that you're going to be checking in and you're going to be accountable to that.
0: Yeah. And how do you really know if that's what you really want? Mm -hmm. Unless you're going through those iterations. Yeah. I just think that, and again, I'm not trying to skirt accountability, but just, I love what you said there about like, how do you actually know, set the goal. And as you're working through it, feel that out. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back to, and it's interesting because even still on my vision board is an Audi R8. And just talking about this, you know, a few years back where I was like, as soon as you get to a point where I made 200K in my, you know, personal branding in a certain part of the business, I'm going to buy this car. No, like, I don't know that I would actually spend 200K on that car. It's still there, but like, I don't know if I actually want that and that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Giving that permission, but then bringing it in with your partner, I think, um, you know, we have the couples community that we just launched and we were we have a scorecard that we use. It's not goal setting, but I think it's probably a similar discussion of how do you navigate these things together? Because so many times we're setting goals by ourselves and we're doing these which we do need our individual goals because we're individuals. But then how do we invite our spouse in to support us and also vice versa for us to support them and what they're what they have and what do they need, what do you need support in, right? Like if I don't know what your goals are how am I going to keep you accountable? And how am I going to support you or ask you how you're doing? Right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, again, we all have, I think, intentions around this. Mm -hmm. We all want to communicate. But if there's not some form of consistency, you know, you talk about measuring what matters when we talk about the scorecard in the couples community. And we do need to measure what matters. But first, we need to decide what matters. Yeah. (laughs) And so when we think about like, and I've probably discussed this before, but I remember going to a Franklin Covey symposium in like the year 2000. And one of the things that they were talking, you know, Franklin Covey always talked about priorities in like A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, trying to rank priorities like that. It always felt too complicated. But one of the things they talked about was scheduling out time blocking time for your family, your wife, date night, kids. And I remember thinking like my first initial reaction was, man, you have to, you have to schedule time for your kids. And the reality is, yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you need to schedule time for anything that matters. And so I think back to, you know, like goal setting. Number one is figuring out what is that goal, but then having some form of consistency around the check-in, scheduling. It doesn't have to be a lot. No. But and like you said, we're we're not necess- like we're not great at this, but creating we're really good at day night.
1: We are good at day night.
0: But you know, creating some form of consistency check-in just a way to, to be held accountable and and to create like a container of conversation around it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're always checking in and I'm checking in with you on date nights of what's, what's going on in our lives, which actually does surround our goals a lot of the times. But I think there's something to be said about a scheduled time that you're really just talking about what those goals are. And I'm asking you what you need, because I think too, even through the year, you know, you set your goals in the beginning of the year and maybe the first part of the year you're focused really hard on your health right and then maybe it comes to the second quarter and this is a business focus so you're going to need from me support different like it's get my support is going to be different that you're going to need need during that time so that's why it's so important to have those check-ins because how i support you in health is totally different how than how i support you in your business right so right. and then i think asking for what we need too, because I think it's really easy for us to not consider asking for that support. And that's really what marriage is about is we propel each other. We are catalysts for each other, but are we asking for what we need?
0: Yeah. I'm thinking back to um, Benjamin Hardy's book, Willpower Doesn't Work. And talking, you know, we spend so much time iterating through this when it comes to like business, time blocking, our creative Mm -hmm. zones. I remember reading that book and him talking about, you know, you might need to go to a coffee shop to do certain types of work. You might need to go to the office to do certain types of work. And I've experienced that in my own life when it comes to, I mean, even just podcasts, like you have to be in a certain zone. It has to be time blocked because you can't go from, you know, a budget planning into like a, a YouTube video. Like it just doesn't work. And so when we're thinking about this in terms of, I mean, even date night, this is what got me thinking about this. There's been times when we needed to have a conversation around something. Maybe it's a financial conversation or we need to plan something. And I have this resistance to talking about like money and stuff on date nights because that's not, if that's like our only time of the week where we have check-in, like we have to be really careful with that. Yeah. And I don't think it should be during those times. So I think the real thread or what I'm really getting at here is like, you need to have specific time for planning and you need to have another time for date night and just connections and even the conversations when you're talking about you know a lot of our date nights are around goals and checking in but again there's not a level of accountability around that because when i'm when i when we're on date night and i'm like hey i have this idea and i want to do xyz i'm not asking you to yeah. like hold me accountable to something we're just we're just we're talking creative zone. yeah yeah and i think it's really important for us and for other couples that are listening to create the environment where you are on date night, you do fall further in love, you do connect, but then also to have a zone of like, you know, maybe they're money meetings or maybe they're, I was listening to Ed Milet's podcast this morning and he had a sex expert on like, and and they were talking about how you have to have like specific conversations. She was saying that like you, you schedule in all other areas but you don't talk about sex or you don't talk about, and I think it's the same for money, um, sex in a marriage, whatever it is, like we need to have these conversations. And I don't think that it's necessarily like date night is the right environment for that.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a good point because I think most people, if they're having date night, they're trying to cram everything into these like two hour blocks Mm -hmm. of connection. And I do think there needs to be a separation. And I even schedule my weeks like that. Like I have days where it's like more creative. I have days where it's more, you know, behind the scenes, like monotonous work, like very boring work. Um, So why wouldn't we do that with other parts of our lives? And like you said, it's so hard to switch from one to the other. And you don't want to ruin your date night. Nothing kills a date night quicker than maybe a conversation that's a little tougher to have. And yes, you were planning on going on a date and you think, oh, we're already having fun, so it's a great time. But it's actually a really bad time to have that conversation because then you're going to have a negative aspect of what date night is. And I'm not saying like that these, the other times are going to be negative, but like you said, you just have to protect it.
0: Well, and I think I love what you said about the other times don't have to be negative. We just are in a different state of mind. Yes. When I'm at work and I'm going into a budget meeting, it's a different state of mind than when we're doing our, you know, vision planning or when we're doing a strategy session around something different. And it's weird how much time and energy we put into you know, planning at work and bringing in consultants and and having these different buckets of different types of work, but we don't necessarily relay that into our personal lives.
1: So how many times do you think we should be connecting over our goals?
0: Well, I think at least probably once a month at minimum is is probably, you know, and and I have this natural tendency, like I'm kind of like an all or nothing person. So my, my natural tendency is like, well, at least once a week, but the reality is, um, At least once a month because, I mean, quarterly is really too far apart. I mean, we would talked about this, but we're just a little bit past quarter one. Mm
1: -hmm. A lot of time has went by.
0: (laughs) And and I'm like half my stuff's out the window. Yeah. So I think quarterly is too much. I think monthly is probably minimum. I mean, quarterly is too far apart. Monthly is probably like at at least monthly, but weekly would be ideal. Um, You know, if you can find an hour once a week to connect around... You know, different areas in your life, marriage goals.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think once a month would be probably the most achievable. Another thing that I've noticed, even with our couples community and in our mastermind, we have a scorecard, which is different than goals. It's different than what we're talking about, but it's also, it's similar, right? It's a similar mode of, you're, you're probably not going to do that on date night either. I mean, you might. Um, but one thing that we've noticed is we don't, we do it because we're getting on a call with other people. Mm-hmm. And You know, they might not we're not going through the whole thing and telling them exactly what what's going on in our lives. But we know that we're going to get on a call with other couples and we are going to do this scorecard. So that for me has been huge. And I think it's just like those place settings. And I think we get so busy. With so many different things in our lives that if we don't have it in our schedule and some form of accountability from other people, it's really easy to let it slip. I'm even thinking about when we were in Chris and Lori's couples mastermind. Do you remember like we would be on, go, be going on trips. We had three trips planned and they were amazing, but every trip it was like, ah, oh, this is a really inconvenient time. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going to go, but like it's really inconvenient. And we were excited, but also there was this like resistance and every couple was feeling that. And then by the end of the weekend, we were like, we so needed this. And I think we just don't realize what we need in those moments. So scheduling and making sure that you have some accountability and somebody else you're showing up for, whether that's with each other, or maybe you have another couple friend that you're like, Hey, we're going to do this. Do you want to hold each other accountable? Or maybe, you know, you have a guy friend and you're like, Hey, um, I want to do this with my wife. You should do this with your wife and we'll hold each other accountable.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to realize too, just Coming back to the basis of what, you know, I think I just heard you really say. It's like, easy, there's an old saying, it's easiest to hurt those that you love the most. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is like, also, if you look at just a, a, you're, you're together all the time and it's easy to take that for granted and the emotions around it. And not even from a hurt perspective, but when you look at like the kids and the kids' schedules, our kids are adults now, so it's not really a thing anymore, but it's really easy to like put the kids before the husband and the wife. Mm -hmm. and there's this idea and I don't think anybody wakes up thinking like, oh, I'm just going to neglect my spouse or my most important relationship. But pretty soon you find yourself like taking care of everything else but that commitment. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just easy. I, I think about this from a perspective. I would never bail on one of my coaching clients, but it's really easy to cancel a meeting with one of your employees. It's really easy, you know, to cancel a meeting with your wife mm-hmm. or your husband. The closer and closer you get, the easier it is to take that for granted because I know you'll be there.
1: Yeah. And this there's, is so there's backwards. A with it. There's a There's a grace for you to be able to do that. But the more that you do that, the further you grow apart from that person.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just really... I love what you were saying about, you know, other friends or other couples or even the couple's mastermind. The virtual community is amazing because we know that we're in a container where we have to show up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was saying about my coaching clients. I know I have to show up. But it's really easy. I had this realization with, you know, my team when I was coaching. And I'm like, man, if I showed up with the same amount of energy around my team, as I do my coaching clients, imagine where we'd be when it comes to goal setting. And our number one relationship in the world, imagine where we'd be if we put the same amount of energy and effort into that weekly planning that we do with our weekly meetings with our team or Gosh, whatever. yeah,
1: so true. Yeah. It's funny how we think like, it's like we separate it, uh, you know, like how you were saying scheduling it. It's like, you you shouldn't have to schedule that. But it's the most important thing. So it should be on your schedule Yeah, and there should be nothing that can interrupt it. You know, that's one thing that we have been very good at. There's been very few times that we let anything interrupt our date nights yeah. just because we're committed to that and let it make it happen no matter what, like nothing comes before it. Mm-hmm. And if something does come up, we make sure that there's another place for it so that we're not missing it.
0: Yeah. I like what you were, um, talking about earlier with like the couples community and the scorecard and what we've learned being in Chris and Lori's group. Um, I think at minimum, you know, for people that are listening at minimum set one, two, three check-in points. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred. I mean, even our scorecard is like, there's a lot, but it only takes five minutes to fill it out. But the reality is is there's a bunch of things on there, but even if the audience or people listening just sat down and said, Hey, here's three things that I think are important for our marriage, and then here's three things that are important for me to accomplish that roll up to that, and what are the things that are important for you and You just checked in on three to six things every week it don't it doesn't have to be an hour yeah. just start with like these check in points we have these scorecards in business, every business has, and there's a lot of different ways that you know different businesses measure this, but uh, scorecard rocks, um, OKRs, KPIs, all these different things, just pick three to six of them and just measure it.
1: Mm-hmm. Gosh, you'd go so far so much further just yeah. by doing that. And, um, I think that support and the bonding that happens when we align together with those is huge. Yeah. And that's why we always talk about hundred or one plus one doesn't equal two, right?
0: No, no. There's a multiplication factor when, when we're aligned, um, Yeah. It's, it's wild. Well, one of the things that, you know, as we're talking through this, I think our virtual community, the next level couple community is closed right now, but you know, that's one of those things that, um, I think we should talk about every chance we get because it, you know, having launched this first community, what an amazing group of couples. And it's really just put a fire in me to realize that, I mean, we know that this work is needed, but to have a community we talk about this often you know you walk into a sports bar on NFL Sunday and or you're in a stadium and the energy is just nuts and so many people we're just longing for community mm-hmm. and again I think it's really easy to you know prioritize the soccer mom community and the PTA community and all the different you know his community and her community but The one thing that I've realized, and I think, you know, Chris and Lori's community was huge for us launching the Next Level Couple Mastermind simultaneously, but having the virtual community over the last month has made me realize like how much it's needed. Mm -hmm. And so I would just like to encourage too. again, it's closed right now, but if you want to get on the wait list, just text the word couple to 480-531-7519, or you could go to nextlevelcouple.com and just get on the wait list too, because I'm not trying to be selfish here, but I would love to have more couples in that community to help hold us accountable and grow together because it's
1: huge and it's needed. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's lacking the most. I was actually on a call with a friend the other day and she was she was just complaining that she didn't have um, other couple friends to surround her kids with. Mm. And I'm like, that's not really... The issue is like the couple, right? Like everything stems from that. Like you get around your friends and your friends are going to influence your kids. Like yeah. it matter it matters who you're hanging out with. It doesn't really matter where you live. It doesn't matter where they go to school. It doesn't matter if their friends, um, parents are entrepreneurs, their friends, the kids' friends. Yeah. It matters who you are hanging out with. So if you want to impact your family, if you want to impact your income, if you want to impact other lives, live in your purpose then getting this, your relationship in alignment is like the number one and the biggest thing. It's like, it's the core to everything. You'll see so much more like of your kids' success and their happiness and the happiness in your home. And, you know, it kind of goes back to that quote of if everything is well at whatever your address is, then everything is well in the world. That doesn't mean that you're not caring about the rest of the world, but you're focusing on what matters the most. And then it's just rippling out from there.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's really just about a connection point. I don't think there's a magic number around every day, every week, every month. It's just like getting going and moving towards something.
1: Yeah, and learning how to do it. And, you know, when the virtual community does open, we'll probably open it twice a year, maybe. We haven't decided that yet, but I definitely would get on that list because it is... A low investment for what you get in that room. It's huge. We have amazing speakers and the couples, like you said. I remember our first call. I was kind of nervous because we hadn't, you know, we'd only done very intimate things. So I was nervous of what, you know, the people would be like. And I got off that call so excited because all of these couples are just so amazing. Um, I can sometimes get drained by being with people that I'm just, I get my energy being by myself. But after that call, I was like, Lit up like so, fired up like they fed into me so much. And so, I think it's just really important that you, if you don't join this, find other couples to connect with, find other couples that you want to be like, find couples who you aspire to be like, try to be their friends, right? Invite them to dinner. I just think it's huge,
0: yeah. And as easy as it sounds like us talking through, you know, connecting or having a meeting or whatever, it's not that easy, yeah. It's not very easy to be consistent, and we really need that you know, community, we need other ideas. I have learned so much from so many different people. And that's another thing that I get energized by is just learning best practices from different groups. And as you're talking about that too, like walking away from the virtual community, you know, just engaged and you were talking about your friend that was, you know, needing community for her kids. I was just thinking about how many of our friends do not live in the town that we're in. Yeah. We travel so much with like amazing humans. It's kind of funny because uh, when I was in Colorado at the Wellspring event, I was joking with a few people. We live in the same city, but we only see each other when we're in another city <laughs> at a specific strategic event. And I think there's a lot to be said about that because some of my greatest friends, I only see once or twice or three times a year. And we don't talk constantly. And so even even though as couples, we see each other 15 times a day, if we just had more intentional connection around it... yep. Um, I think quality is just as important as quantity. And so I think, you know, trying to figure this out, you don't have to meet five times a day. If you can figure out how to meet once, I'm not saying that you should only meet once a week with your wife, but if we can figure out how to like really get intentional around this, it could be huge.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that it's the intentionality. It's not that you're not, you know, connecting with them at other points, but it's that really intentional connection point. And otherwise, you're just roommates, right? You turn into being just roommates and you're running kids around or you're in your career and she's in her career, like whatever that looks like. And you're going in two different directions and you come together at night and you sleep in the same bed, right? Right. Like that's it. And that's not probably why you got married. You know, most of us had a lot in common and we had a lot to talk about and we just forget to make that a point and start Reconnecting back to those days. What did you do when you were first dating? Like, yeah. you talked all the time. You talked about your dreams. You talked about what you wanted. When was the last time you told your spouse what you wanted? And yeah. maybe you wanted to make shifts. Like, it's so exciting when you come to me and you, like, the other day, this sounds, this might sound really silly, but you came to me and you said, Should we do 75 hard? And I was like, What? But then you shared where it stemmed from. And it was from Proverbs 31. And it, like the whole morning i was just like excited and we're not doing seventy five hard but i was excited because it's like i'm a part of your journey right like so when you you desire something it lights something inside of me when you have a hunger for something it makes me want to step up right and vice versa it works both ways but i just think we can feed each other so well in that way so if you have a partner if you're married to somebody set a date this week a fun date and on that fun date I want you to bring up this subject that you want to have intentional connection with them, maybe once a month, maybe once a week, but start with once a month. I think that's a really great time to just do it. But make sure you're taking time to have fun as well as just as that connection point. Because if you're only connecting over goals and, you know, planning, it's going to kill your marriage. It's going to, it's not going to, you need to have fun in your marriage. So make sure you make the date night first, plan everything. Whoever's listening to this, like plan it all, have the dinner time set where you're going. They just need to be ready at this time. And it doesn't matter who plans it. I know a lot of women are like, I wish my husband would just plan it. We take turns back and forth and he'll do a couple months and then I'll do a couple months. Um, So it doesn't really matter who plans it. And then on that date, just really discuss this.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking a few minutes ago the energy, there's time is always an excuse. I was thinking about a couple that's in our world that has a little baby and what connection time would look like for them. And they have plenty, this baby doesn't talk yet. They have plenty of time. To connect it 's the energy and the environment that 's really important, and we tend to blame time on not being able to connect, but really it 's our energy it 's lack of desire it 's lack of vision mm. it 's all of those things that keep us from communicating because we don 't have like anything positive to communicate around so it 's really not a time issue it 's not a kid issue it 's not a work issue it's it's an energy issue it's a what am I lit up about issue when you were talking about you were excited because I came to you that you were excited because I was sharing something, but if I came to you and was like, Well, we need to do seventy five hard because I'm you know really fat and I don't have energy and that's a different that you wouldn't be excited about that mm-hmm. but it's just like the energy of connecting around, wanting to become better for whatever reason. And so kids work, all that stuff is not an excuse. We're really just like, we're, we're out of energy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We're saving the, like the leftovers for the most important relationships.
1: You're so right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And with
0: that, (laughs) we out.
1: Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be that. Don't give your leftovers to your, the best person in your life. The person who probably has given you the most joy Maybe some heartache too. Like we're not going to discount that, but pour into them, mm-hmm. and don't be that. Don't don't give the leftovers. They deserve the first course.
0: And again, back to Franklin Covey, there has to be some structure around it. Yep, because life will get in the way. Yeah, yeah, and um, really get on that wait list. nextlevelcouple.com.
1: This is fun. Yeah.